You're listening to an M Pavilion podcast, conversations about design and the world we live in. For more, visit hello, our archive hello, at library.mpavilion.org and subscribe yes, wherever I, you find I, your podcast. Sorry, uh, I didn't want to do that, but <laughs> I feel like we're sort of running late. But thank you so much for coming to the Q&A of Set the Tone. And we will also be um, showing their first episode. Um, but before we begin and before we... Um, go into what the day is about. I'm just going to make a quick acknowledgement. Um, Signal Arts would like to acknowledge the Kula Nations, true owners, caretakers and custodians of the land from which we broadcast. Signal pays respect to elders past and present of the Kula Nation and we recognise their unceded sovereignty. So my name is Jan. I am the facilitator for today. Now I'm going to hand the mic over to these amazing duo. There's so two others who are coming on their way, but one other person. So do you ladies want to introduce yourselves? Hello, my name is Angus and I'm one of the Set the Tone <laughs> um, people, creators. I don't know, <laughs> one of them. And... Um, this project was produced by Signal, by Signal, the City of Melbourne's creative studio for young people, in partnership with University of Melbourne and Kids Own Publishing. So thank you for that. Would you like to introduce yourself, ma'am? <laughs> um, my name is Yar. <laughs> Another one of the creators as well. I don't know. That's about it. And what are we going to be watching now? Oh, yeah. Um, in any moment, we'll be watching um, our pilot episode for Set the Tone. And it should be, you know, put on the screen very soon. So I hope you guys enjoy it. And thank you. <laughs> First of all, amazing. Amazing. Thank you. Incredible. Mind you, this is like my second time seeing it, so I don't know why I'm acting brand new, but it always takes me by surprise because it's incredible work that you girls did. And rep I know people like to talk about representation and um, from a very abstract way, but I don't think people realise just how important it is. But before we look at representation... So before we look at representation, um, do you girls just want to introduce yourselves again for the folks who just arrived? Okay, hi, my name is Angus. I'm 20 years old, I'm a uni student and I study media at La Trobe University. Um, my name's Yaa, I'm 18 and I just graduated year 12. Hey, <laughs> gang gang, oh. Um, so, set the tone. Impressive name. How did the name come about? Um, okay, so we were at um, one of the creators' house and we were trying to get um, ideas for the main topic. This is before we got to the idea of colorism. And we were just discussing a bunch of stuff and we got into like a very, very heated debate about colorism and where it kind of stems from. And one of the girls just said, okay, now we need to set the tone. And then everyone kind of paused and we were like, yeah, that's a good like play on play words yeah. with the topic and everything, and we just said, "Yep, that's a name." <laughs> yeah. And at the launch, um, 
all of you girls talked about how um, colorism is such a taboo subject, mm -hmm. um, but you girls decided to talk about it not to the not just to the community, but to the wider public. Um, what have people said about that topic? Um, it opened people's eyes because colorism isn't really like an issue in like the wider community. It's more like in the black community, yeah. in all Asian. And um, it was just a way for us to kind of speak on it and like let everyone else know about it because um, there's issues such as bleaching where people don't really notice about it until you actually say what it is. Yeah, and before we spoke about it, I thought it was a topic that everyone kind of knew about because it was talked about a lot this year and last year. So I thought, you know, everyone had internet, surely they know. But I guess not because after um, it was launched and everything, we got a lot of questions asking what it was, the definition of it, and I was kind of like, wow, no one really knows what it is. Yeah. yeah. And going back, so you girls have known each other for a long time. And there was a really interesting project that you both, I think all of you four worked on called Three. Three? Yep. Donkeys Don't Fly on a Plane. Donkeys Can't Fly on a Plane. Can't fly. Yep. Yeah. Can you tell me about that project? Um, so we wrote a book called Donkeys Can't Fly on Planes when we were really, really little. I was probably about eight years old when I first started it. And um, it just, it started off as us just talking to our teachers about um, our experiences either being born here or when we came here, or if we had memories back in Africa. And one of the teachers just decided to write it up, and then they got in contact with Kids Own Publishing, and then we wrote a whole book. And me, Adia, and Adior have our stories in that book. Yeah, we were babies when we wrote it. <laughs> and now when you look back on it, what are you thinking? Um, I think it's amazing, because it's like... I think we're, doesn't matter how old we are, we're able to look back on it now that it's published and kind of like um, reminisce on a time where, you know, look how young we were, the stories we told and stuff like that. So yeah. it's great to have. Um, before we go on, let's introduce someone who's amazing, not just, not just as a mentor for you girls, but for the community. Do you want to say a bit about yourself, Dorcas? Not really. <laughs> I was like, now let's introduce this creepy lady who's been creepy. <laughs> hey, I didn't say it. <laughs> no, it's all good. My name is Jokas. Um, yes, I worked with these amazing young women as their mentor. And as um, you mentioned a little bit, I work in the community as well. I run Oz African TV and I'm a mentor, um, program manager, lead mentor at AIM Mentoring. Um, and yeah, just, you know, I guess my, my passion is storytelling, um, culturally sensitive storytelling, and also just like, I guess, bridging the gap of inequality through education and just um, raising awareness about our stories and just letting other people who look like us know that it's always a good time to celebrate yourself and that, you know, yeah. Mm. And how did this amazing partnership come together? Well, I've, I've worked with the City of Melbourne a couple of times here and there doing, you know, great work with young people and myself. But with this one, um, Marianne at Signal contacted me and, hey. and she was like, there are these amazing young women who want to do a talk show and, you know, we thought you might be great for it. And then when I heard their story and I read the, um, you know, the book and saw a couple of videos, I was like, yeah, 
I'm in. These girls are amazing and mm. I'd like to be a part of, you know, helping them um, get to what we saw there. So, yeah, mm. it was a no-brainer. Yeah, and, and how much, um, I guess, how much did you work on this project? Because I know it, it belongs to the girls, yeah. but what was your contribution? Well, mine, I was, I was coming on as, um, as a mentor and my, you know, because I work as a mentor in other spaces as well, I believe that, you know, being a mentor is not about holding, you know, someone else's hand and kind of going, you know, this is that and that and that. It's about mm. leading and allowing them um, the space to lead as well because they're incredible young women with, with incredible ideas. So I guess my role, working closely with Shannon as well, um, was to kind of guide them. So most of the ideas and everything was there as we allowed them to kind of, you know, come up with, I think our first exercise that I did with them, I asked them to write down, I can't remember the number, I could be wrong, but like 33 a issues, <laughs> a lot. Wow. Uh, I was like, write down 33 issues that you think, you know, like things that you think are an issue in your community or at home, at school, you know, and they just kind of got together and then just started writing all of these ideas and and a lot came out of there. And, um, and then we, we talked about um, writing 11 solutions that we think we can, you know, how can we tackle this? And, and from all of those conversations, we fleshed out um, a couple of um, ideas of what the, the, um, the pilot would be about. And then we landed on colorism. We had, you know, we had a few really good ones, which I think moving into the future, there'll probably be um, episodes of the show but yeah we uh, we landed on colorism because there was so much to talk about from their personal stories and from the community and from the media from what they see around so yeah they they pretty much led it we were just like kind of going oh come back yeah. just just stay in the lane it's all good you know yeah. like that so yeah well that's amazing um colorism as you mentioned um and as you girls have mentioned is a very important topic um but do you sometimes worry because Set the Tone is such an important project. Um, there aren't that many opportunities for us to um, tell stories ourselves. Um, do you feel like there's a pressure to talk about really huge topics when sometimes you just want to talk about basic stuff? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> How do you deal with that? Um, me, I kind of just... Oh, right there? Um, yeah, I feel the pressure to talk about like in-depth um, conversations as due to my skin because like being a black woman that's kind of what people think your life is surrounded by mm. is being black it's just like I have personality other than that <laughs> <laughs> and I like to show it yeah so when um when sometimes I'm forced to talk about that I kind of just I'm pretty straightforward with certain issues or with just me in general I can't just be like get out of my face but um I try to cater to what they want mm. sometimes but I'll do it while showing my personality yeah. at the same time yeah thank mm. you <laughs> wow yeah. um and Yar um if you could um talk about any topic right and you didn't feel the pressure to represent the community and you could be just as basic as you wanted to be what would you talk about <laughs> think about it because I don't think we prepared for this <laughs> no? What do you like? What do you like? Like, does it have to be like an issue? Or no. It, no. it could be 
Instagram influencers. I know that's a thing for young people. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, probably some do with social media. Yeah. yeah, probably. We have a lot of opinions. Yeah. Oh, tell a lot us. Of people. We've got time. Listen, yeah, we've got time. So I don't mind sharing it. Yeah. Yeah. What so about Instagram? Would you um, I want say to talk Instagram about Instagram in general? Mm -hmm. Just that, like, there's people do certain stupid stuff that needs to be said sometimes. So I wouldn't mind being that person that you know expresses my opinion about <laughs> it. Mm. Yeah. So it'd be great to just talk about anything. Mm. Yeah. And interviewing is a big element of what you do. I, I still, till this day, I stress about interviewing. Interviewing doesn't come naturally to me. Mm -hmm. But for you girls, like, what's the most, um, I suppose, challenging as well as rewarding aspect of interviewing people? Um, me, sometimes I have, like, a really short attention span. Mm. So when I'm interviewing people, I, sometimes I forget to listen. <laughs> Me too, that's what I'm doing right now. <laughs> okay, thank God I'm not the only one. You're not, so, you're not sis, you're not. Like interviewing people, you kind of have to remember that there's questions following after they speak. So after they talk, you kind of have to remember what they said. So that was kind of hard sometimes because you can see in the video, like I'm zoned out. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we can see it. No, we can't yeah, see it. No, and some of the, like when they discuss, I'm really zoned out. So that's one thing that I had to kind of learn to just be in there mm. all the time yeah I feel like that's the same with me too mm. but um was it one thing that's yeah challenging or even something that's like rewarding something that you enjoy about interviewing um a rewarding thing is that you hear someone else's like perspective on the issue mm. and it's like it's good to like know that you're not the only one that's experiencing something or like you're not the only one that like feels that type of way yeah and even if it's like a different opinion like it's good to see both sides mm. no. and one person you got to interview and i feel like we talked about this before was ruth the amazing ruth um what was the best part about interviewing her um the best part about interviewing her was um a lot of the things that she said we related to being sudanese so most when she was speaking i was like wow I felt all that, like, I grew up the same way. So it was kind of good to see that someone um, who experienced the same things as we do talk about it. Yeah. yeah. And Dorcas, I feel like you're the seasoned interviewer slash reporter slash journalist here. <laughs> um, the same question goes for you, most rewarding as well as challenging. Well, I, I'd, I'd, I'd just go back a little bit, you know, with regards to working with these fabulous young women. Um, and, yeah, like what they said, like actually actively listening and all of that, it was a challenge. And I think the, the other biggest challenge is that it wasn't just one person interviewing. It was two of, of you guys interviewing at the same time. And so we had to really work on active listening and engaging and kind of remembering that there are three of you so that the next person, like, you know, because it's easy to kind of drift away or, you know, so, so I was really proud of, you know, all of you girls by the end when we came out of it and we're like, oh my God, we did it. Cause it, it was exhausting and it was really hard work, but, but yeah, just acti actively listening. And I think, um, 
if you're talking to people, some, I don't know, maybe I just like to talk and I talk too much. But, but like sometimes, of course, we prepare and we have a lot of notes and we make questions and everything like that. But I do that and then I leave it. And then I call the person before and we have a conversation. And on the day when we have an interview, we have in a chat. And that way the conversation can go wherever it needs to go. But, you know, I kind of, we know what we're trying to do. So whether we take that route, come back and then get to the thing that we want to talk about, I just let it flow. Just, yeah. And you've interviewed a lot of people from um, our community and outside of our community. Um, and you and I were sort of discussing this before. Um, how do you deal with people who are sort of, they kind of derail the conversation or difficult people, I suppose? Well, um, when, I, when I first, before I started Oz African TV, I had a conversation with, um, I was working at Neighbours, so I had a conversation with one of the directors who um, is my good friend. Yeah, the show. Um, yeah, so I had a, I was working closely with Scott Major and we had like a little practice interview and he was like, okay, interview me. And he was like really mean. He was just like one answer and he's like, you know. And then for a minute, I didn't get what he was doing. And I was like, oh, I got this. And I was like, okay, come to the show. And I think it's just kind of realizing that um, if you have something that you want to get, you have to find avenues to get it. Like, you know, that's where if you've got your questions, great. But then, you know, ask them about their shoes and be like, oh, my God, those are cool shoes. And then they're going to forget to be mean because they'll be like, oh, you like my shoes, do you? And then we talk about your shoes and you're like, yeah, and by the way, your shoes are great. And what about that other thing that you did? You know, and then now we're talking. Because, so, so and, and I think we all get nervous and, you know, like if, you know, when the camera starts to roll or you've got like an, a big audience or whatever and sometimes you forget it, so use what you've got. And just like, and sometimes when you're super nervous, what I do, I would tell everyone that I'm super nervous, so please come on, work with me. And I think that way people are more forgiving. Your, 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 the person that you're interviewing is a little bit forgiving as well. And it's kind of like, and it relaxes everyone as well. So I think, yeah, you just use what you've got. Speaking of nerves, how do you girls, or how did you girls deal with, because um, anyone who knows, anyone who's worked in media, there's a lot of like outtakes. You've got to read out scripts like a zillion times and it can kind of sometimes get a bit, tiring how do you how do you deal with that um when we were filming i didn't really get nervous but okay <laughs> really sis <laughs> really but it didn't really help being around each other since yeah. we've known each other our whole lives so um yeah hmm. sorry i forgot the question no yeah no no you've <laughs> answered perfectly okay. yeah nerves how do you deal with nerves yeah um i don't know i feel like i just because you and I, we were talking, I was saying before how I was like really nervous and you were like, you seemed like you, got, you had it. Well, know, where do you get that? Where do you get that resilience? I, I just be myself. I just okay. talk and then it just comes off my <laughs> um, One important thing that I love about Set the Tone is that you girls are individuals, right? Even though you do have a platform to represent young people from the African diaspora, you don't necessarily speak for every single person, right? Um, but have you noticed talking to friends and so on that, are, that there are certain issues that continue to come up? Are there concerns that people tell you about? 
like concerns you with us? Yeah, like, like so when you have conversations with friends, do are there certain topics that continue to come up and you're like, maybe we should discuss this further? Um, every time I'm talking to my friends about issues like this, mm. um, the one thing that always comes up is racial profiling. So whenever we're discussing it, it's always be like, oh, yeah, like when I was at the shop, this happened, this happened, this happened. And then it um, stems from that and goes into more conversations. So racial yeah. profile will be something pretty cool to cover. Right. Do you want to – are you comfortable saying what racial profiling is? Oh, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> um, racial profiling is basically um, people assuming you'll act a certain way on the colour of your skin. Mm. Like, for example – going to a shop and people assuming you're still or something. That's, um, yeah. I don't know if I answered that properly, but... <laughs> yeah. Okay. And when you're faced with situations where there is racial profiling, how do you, like, process that? I feel like we're just used to it now. You just... Oh, they did that, okay. Yeah. Just, like, walk off and just continue all the day. Right. So Which is a terrible thing. You shouldn't... No one should ever be used to that kind of thing so you know I hope that sorry I jumped in there but I think it'll be great for you guys to on your platform to think about talking about these things openly and maybe even finding ways I don't know who you talk to like how can we deal with this who do we report to because that is not ethical that those people in those shops are not allowed to do that but if people don't know that they have the rights you know that this is wrong and you can report it and it can be dealt with they would, they would say it's okay. But, you know, just keep it in the back of your mind and this could be something that you guys bring to the fore. Do you think racial profiling um, impacts... No, actually, I'm not going to ask that because I don't want to put you on the spot. Um, so for your next episode, I know you don't have a clear idea of what you want to talk about, but do you have maybe kind of an idea of the direction that you want to go in? Not really. I don't know. I don't know yet what we're doing with the next episode, to be honest. Yeah. So we'll just have to discuss that with you and you and you. <laughs> Later. And you and you. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone else. Yeah. I don't know yet. <laughs> Maybe um, now we can sort of turn the mic to the audience. Is there anyone that has any burning questions? And please, question, not a statement. You sorry. Oh no, I just said something. Ah, okay. <laughs> uh, hi, I'm Kylie. Thanks for um, showing us your first episode. Looks fantastic, and I can't wait to see the next one. Um, I wonder, with your future of the next few episodes that you're going to make, you were very polite and accepting of Deng and and your interviewers, and I'm wondering. You, can you imagine to be at a point where you might have someone who you would have to kind of argue a bit more with and challenge yes. a bit? And how, how do you... Well, yeah, <laughs> you, to do that. Well, <laughs> can you imagine what the topic might be? Have you got a few ideas of who it is that you would... Yeah, I might leave it open for you to think about. Because you just all look so confident and amazing. Oh, so thank I just, you. Yeah. Um, I guess to um, elaborate on your question, do you some like how do you decide this is this person's opinion, but I disagree, and how do I disagree? Like, does that ever are those things that you think about? 
Yeah, because when we were at um, Adir's house and we were trying to discuss like a topic or whatever, mm. um, we all got into a really, really heated debate amongst each other. And the way we kind of dealt with it was letting one person speak at the time. But at the end, we'll kind of just agree to disagree and be like, this is my opinion, it is what it is. That's your opinion, it is what it is, type of thing. But yeah, I'd love to argue with someone. Yeah. I reckon that would be so much fun and bring, you know, more to the show. Yeah. Because yeah. what Deng said, technically, it's valid for Deng, yeah. right? So I, sometimes I wonder, do, do we attack, not attack, but do we probe what that person has to say or do we go, look, that's just your opinion? And then we move on. But maybe that's something that you girls can think about in the future. Yeah. Any other questions? Oh, this gorgeous sis in the back. Hey. <laughs> Hi. Um, I guess my questions in response to Dang's like interview. Do you think that darker skinned black men benefit from colorism? Yes. Definitely. Definitely. In what 100%. way? Like. Um, I feel like they're more fetishized yeah, for their skin. That. Whereas for us, it's the other way around. You have to be lighter to be more beautiful. Yeah, because the way they see it as like darker on their part is more dominant, more masculine, this and that. And that's the one thing that attracts women. So it definitely... <laughs> no, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. yeah, And I think sometimes it can be a negative because when they see darker skinned black men, um, they think of, I guess danger because we yeah. see that in like the prison system where darker skinned black men are more incarcerated than yeah. like lighter skinned um, black men so yeah i don't know yeah it's definitely pros and cons yeah. to it on their behalf but um if it needs they could use it on their favor but at the same time it could come back and bite them in the ass <laughs> so yeah and you girls are like super confident um when it comes to self-love and because there's so much against us, right? There's the media, there's our community. You see what happens to someone as elite as Serena Williams, right? She embodies, you know, she's dark-skinned. She's got very, like, muscular, um, um, what's it called, physique. Um, how, where do you find that self-love? Um, wait, within myself? Yeah, within yourself. Um, personally, like, I haven't always been a confident person, you know, it's hard to believe, but <laughs> I've kind of I've used to be really insecure, but I've kind of just um, it's just I think it's just the people that I met on social media. Her being one of them. <laughs> Hello. What What is her name? Can we R give a shout oh. out? <laughs> okay. Yeah. So um, yeah. So just having finding friends on social media has definitely helped my confidence and the rise of like. Even though being dark-skinned isn't fully accepted now, but we've came to a point where we're learning to love ourselves and kind of seeing someone who's darker love themselves makes you want to love yourself as well. So that's a point where I came to and I'm just like, I don't honestly don't care what you think because I'm still pretty. Yeah, girl. Back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, um, I pretty much just... Um, Um, pretty much just surrounding myself with, like, on social media, who I follow. Like, I follow more dark-skinned people just so, like, it's, like, more representation of myself and I see myself in them. And, like, 
influences and anyone like that surrounding myself with people like that as well can like boost up my confidence but so to wrap up this gorgeous Q&A, um, if you could interview one person, right, it has to be alive, um, but they could be anywhere, who would it be and why? Personally, I would interview Michelle Obama. I just think she's so cool. Like, I would love to be friends with her. <laughs> and also, I think she would just, um, she would provide a lot of perspective on a lot of issues because she's just so smart. I think I'm obsessed with her. <laughs> It's a good obsession to have, <laughs> yeah. let me tell you. But yeah, I would just love to sit down and talk to her about anything and everything because I just feel like she would have so much to say. Yeah. Um, I would interview Yara Shahidi because I feel like she's like... Who she is? Yara Shahidi. She's an um, actor, but she's an activist as well for like black people. And I don't know, she has like more insight. She looks... I just feel like she's she's very vocal about like issues in the community mm. and it'd be nice to hear her opinion about it. So. And who knows, maybe people will look to you girls and be like, I'm going to be like these girls. <laughs> um, so where can people reach you? Where can people find more information about Set the Tone? Oh. On our social media platforms. Uh, okay, Instagram, which is? Instagram, Set the Tone um, AU. On... Um, all the social media is like um, Snapchat, not Snapchat, what am I talking about? Um, Instagram, <laughs> Twitter, Twitter yeah. Facebook, and our website's all set the yeah. tone. Set the tone AU or just set the tone? The website's just set the tone AU and everything else is just set, set the tone. Beautiful. You just confused everyone. Set, set the tone AU for all social medias, setthetone.com.au for website. Ah, uh, It made beautiful. sense. <laughs> <I said> it. <laughs> Thanks. Woo! You're listening to an M Pavilion podcast, conversations about design and the world we live in. For more, visit our archive at library.mpavilion.org and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts.